Welcome to Photography Insights, the show that goes behind the scenes with people in the photography industry. And today we have another COVID special, and this time uh, we're entitled Coping with COVID, report from Los Angeles. Um, as you already know, I'm running this series of interviews to document what's going on with the pandemic. I'm featuring uh, an array of people from different places in the world, so we can get an even picture of what is happening. Now today's guest is Paul Lefko, another good friend of mine from the West Coast. Um, Paul was one of the few that used uh, Instagram as a platform in a good way and something we became friends through. Um, so much so that Paul um, has not only appeared on the podcast back in um, episode 21 but also co-hosted a few shows with me. So we've been mates for a while now, and last year we finally got to meet up while he had a layover in one of the UK airports. Paul is not only a great photographer who shoots models and aspiring musicians um, around Hollywood, but is also a great travel photographer too. However, that is not his full story. Paul is also a full-time therapist and a father of two. So listen to this show as we talk about schools and Chromebooks, the future of teaching, unemployed, a cleaner earth, ventilators, ICU and staying at home, hospital costs and health insurance, ER staff, Paul's work and telephone medication, working remotely. And we finish up by talking a little bit of photography and Paul will tell you about some of his recent cameras and a future uh, interesting uh, workshop um, that is coming up. So it's nice to get another viewpoint from someone in the USA and at the present moment of time as of the 10th of April um, the US is suffering with 16 million unemployed, 502,000 cases of Covid and unfortunately they've had 18,700 deaths. Um, it's startling figures, um, so please do bear us while we discuss things like this. Uh, please do check out the links I've put in there, uh, Paul's website, his Instagram, and also a link to um, Ethan from Camera Dactyl, who we mentioned during the podcast. So let's roll the music. And await our guest Paul Lefko. Um, welcome, and today we have with us Paul Lefko from Los Angeles in America. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Yeah, I'm very good, my friend. Um, Excellent. Thank you for joining us on the other side of the planet. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's been... the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people about that. So do I. My, my longest day to meet someone for an hour, probably ever. <laughs> but... Well, we'll do, it, we'll do it longer next time. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's all right, mate. Yeah. Part of it, wasn't it? It was a great day, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm huh? sure to be heading that way again when this is all over, <laughs> right? No, yeah. that's good to hear. Yeah, uh, been nice. Mm. Uh, and obviously, um, what I'm trying to do is um, document a little bit about COVID and how everybody's coping. So I thought it would be quite interesting to hear how you know a photographer like yourself's coping, and especially you're in a very different place to the rest of us. Mm. Well, um, the photography world is basically shut down in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. You know, the only thing that I've really done recently is uh, gone to see the uh, poppy fields. That uh, it's the time of year we're up um, in. We the area is called Lancaster, even though it's not your Lancaster. <laughs> <but> <laughs> it's a uh, it's an area north of uh, Los Angeles that's well known for its oranges and reds and yellows and all the poppies mm. and stuff for coming out this time of year and uh that's about the only thing i've really done and it, it was, that was uh last week that i headed up there yeah um you know the deserts will start to bloom fairly soon um uh-huh. uh, just before the covid i guess i was up in death valley for a day or so that was really amazing uh to go up there again um <clears throat> but um all the shoots that people typically would do, like the model shoots and, uh, you know, advertising, that type of stuff, like, nobody's doing that right now. It's basically shut down. Uh, there are no weddings going on. So if you're a wedding photographer, you have zero photos, right? So there's no engagement photos. It's really nothing at this point. You know? mm. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're, you're connected with, you know, quite a few different industries over there so what what are they all going to do all these creative people and marketing side the advertising side everything what what is everyone going to do i think it's just a matter of time to wait it out and when it gets on board again um people will be back at it and working hard to uh to develop um their their campaigns um I th- it's going to be an interesting change overall. I think when you look at how uh, the world is going to change uh, this afterwards, like, I think you're going to see a lot more people. I think you're going to be trying to be more independent. You know, just based on I'm I'm sticking at home right now, and you know I need to do mm-hmm. something that, you know, I think a lot of people are planning for what they want to do next. You know, you know that's that's yeah. kind of my impression in some ways. You know. Can I do this on my own? Can I advertise on my own? Can I do my own, you know, like photography business outside mm-hmm. of some sort of other structure from somebody else at this point, you know? And, you know, it's it gives people time to, to plan, I think, in some ways. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it must be tough. Um, we've spoke to um, Bob on the East Coast of America mm-hmm. um, a little bit about the unemployment side, but um what you was telling me off air is startling so for everyone listening paul was telling us there's now 16 million i'm being unemployed in the last few weeks wasn't it yeah yeah big numbers yeah i mean that's huge yeah it's far it's it's almost greater than the, the great depression at this point so uh mm. but <clears throat> you know if it be turned off the switch can the switch be turned back on is everybody going to go back yes. to work or majority of people going to go back to work you know the next day I, I don't know you know does it take a couple months to ramp it all back up again 
you know, you have to have mm-hmm. the customers to come back to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like everybody's just on hold. So if I, like a small restaurant or something, if, uh, are they going to come back online, you know, and for the rest of us that have been at home and I'm not sure how you uh, have found yourself too, but we have purchased a whole lot less in the last little while, you know, less yeah. gas. We don't, we never really went out to eat very much anyway, at least I don't, mm. but you mm. know, certainly like uh, bringing home dinner or something like that, or, you know, buying anything more than the basics at the market are you just mm. buy the basics. So I wonder, <clears throat> you know, how it economically, do people realize that, oh, maybe it, maybe it take a while for them to come back online to actually go out to eat, to go to restaurants? Like, oh, we were fine without it. You know, why do we need to go? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point, that really. Yeah. Um, the, the, there must be changes when it comes back. Um, it just seems, uh, you know, what was it something Earth needed to do to tidy the planet up from some things? Because... Like me and you said, you you step outside now. There's no airplane trails. The air's fresh. Nature's recovered. I mean, have, have you seen the pictures of Venice? Oh yeah, I've seen Venice. I mean, the Himalayas. You can see if uh, you know, it's amazing. unbelievable, isn't it? In mm-hmm. such, you know, we've been talking about climate change for years and years and years, but in a matter of weeks, you've seen massive changes. So. Maybe we should be more motivated to actually realize, yeah, we can, we do make a massive difference to our planet. Yeah. I mean, we just really need to, uh, I don't know, sometimes I think maybe, maybe we could learn a lesson and take three weeks off a year and just shut everything mm-hmm. down. Just have Earth three weeks. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Nobody goes anywhere. You just uh, stay in your, your, uh, you know, your relative area and, that's it like every you know all business is closed for three weeks that's it <clears throat> and then it gives you why can't it happen yeah yeah like you like you say you know if they sort out pay that's it. it's all covered in the same respect and the company still earns the same mm-hmm. just change everything don't you yeah yeah they have three weeks a year the, the earth cleans up you know or you cycle it through you know like this country will be mm-hmm. for three weeks that country for the you know, so at least like people in India for something or can see the Himalayas for three weeks, you know, without <laughs> having too much like service interruptions in their supply chains or that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I know <clears throat> Tibet, they made changes straight away. I think they closed their borders literally immediately because mm-hmm. they, I think it said something like they've only got one hospital with a couple of hundred beds for the entire country. Wow. So... Yeah, and obviously, you know, me and you are concerned about our countries because um, our hospitals are not going to cope if this trend continues, are they? Right. Like New York has a big problem, right? So. Yeah, mm. exactly. And it's it's nothing to do with the number of dying, which is still awful and far too much uh, than it should be, but it's the whole hospitals isn't it some of the enforce here on the adverts from the government is stay home protect the national health service Mm. it's nothing to do with your health it's to protect Mm. you know something that supports everybody you're right yeah um here (coughs) sorry about this cough i have this 
there's pollen in the air and stuff. And I had this post-nasal drip that keeps getting to me. No, Um, it's okay, fine. but, uh, you, you know, you're looking at, um, the numbers of people that, li that need service in the hospital is somewhere around 10, 15% of the people that get test positive for COVID. So the numbers of after in our area, in my region, people have actually, you know, died from it are, are quite low. <clears throat> but the people have needed some type of hospitalization of the people that have the problem, um, the percentage of those people is pretty moderate, about 20%. So, but not all 20% of those people need you no know, ventilators or any of that kind of stuff, but, um, but they need some type of hospitalization in the, in the first place. So, so you're talking about, a, you know, if you have a, a million people at a 20% need of help rate, that's a, that's a lot of people at 200,000 people is a lot of people to deal with. So that's why the stay at home order is really important. That's, you know, they keep, to me, they keep touting like the death tolls and such, but that's, you know, the, the that's the end of the uh, bell curve of, of issues. Yeah. You know, nobody talks about that, you know, that first standard deviation of, of need, you know, of, yeah. and what the hospitals can provide. If they <clears throat> have 200,000 people and they only need, um, you know, 1% of those people need, a ventilator well obviously an emergency room is only has 10 15 icu beds well they're going to be overwhelmed very quickly that's that's why the the stay-at-home order yeah and obviously that's one of the biggest problems in it it's incubators in both our countries and you know i've seen some fabulous things um there's a guy called ethan moses from camera dactyl um, it basically 3D prints large format and medium format cameras. Mm -hmm. um, and he's turned around and he's only printing parts for ventilators. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, it, you know, things like that, mate. It's just fabulous. Yeah. Actually, I read some reports um, yesterday that they're moving away from ventilators because they're, they're trying to keep people um, as minimal as possible because it looks like they're causing more damage than... Uh, oh, God. than they should so yeah there's some reports on that right now well this is the thing that <laughs> we're in uncharted territory and mm -hmm. we're having to learn everything so fast aren't we mm -hmm. and um, I think that's why we have to work together as a world to beat these sorts of problems and you know do they then realise that you know we can sort problems out in all our countries if we actually work together better yeah you hope so <laughs> yeah um. uh, and you know maybe we could learn off each other um obviously we see your country and you know how biomacare started which is not enough but you know i, I can go into hospital for free and, and i never have to worry about that but you know what do you you know does this enter your mind like when when yeah. you get sick oh yeah yeah of course uh <clears throat> we uh we second guess every emergency room visit we ever need you know it's, it's fifteen hundred dollars just to walk in the door you know uh yeah you know to an er just to register your name you know they haven't even seen a doctor yet it's uh it can be insane so yeah, yeah. we have health insurance that covers a majority of that but not all of it. So you can still be stuck with thousands of dollars of hospital bills. So yeah, we don't 
we've, I'm a big proponent of um, uh, a public health system. I think that's the yeah. way to go. <clears throat> you know? Of course it is, because it stops this, <laughs> you know, only, um, only getting sorted if you're rich, which should never, ever be right, should it? Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, it's it's not that it's only available to the rich, but it's definitely um, it, it it definitely uh, I think there's there's looking at two different sides of it that you shouldn't be financially destroyed by having to go to uh, see a doctor. Yeah. You know, yes, I I know that going to a doctor is important, and I I get that. I work in the medical industry as well, but <laughs> I. Uh, <clears throat> But at the same time, it's like uh, it's hard to justify one visit to a doctor for 15 minutes and it's a 500 plus dollar bill. You know, it makes mm. it's it's really insane. You know, yeah. and if you look at how much does a, a, a person make, you know, and their average, not just their average salary, but, you know, as a percentage of their weekly income, you, you're trying to wipe somebody out for like next month because they went to visit you once and then the mm -hmm. doctor is always like well you know come back in a couple of weeks and see how it feels you know and let's check it out again it's like what are you, it's gonna cost me fifteen hundred two thousand dollars until you figure out what you want to do I mean, in some ways it's like i'm surprised nobody at this point has actually gone back and when a, when someone is not getting better <clears throat> or mm -hmm. the diagnosis isn't correct it's like hey you, you didn't give my money back yeah you know <clears throat> I paid you for your your advice, and it was terrible advice, you know. So, mm. you know, at this kind of at these kind of prices, it should be spot on, and you know, we should be curing the world. But everybody knows that's not the case. But anyway, yeah. that's, uh, um, <clears throat> that's just my kind of a two cents worth. But you shouldn't be financially destroyed by trying to save your health. No, you know? and at the same time. Um, we could argue, say, over here, we could do with introducing small fees because um, my wife works in a doctor's surgery and the number of people who are attending now is minimal because, obviously, all of a sudden, you're, um, you're not thinking about these problems in the same light. Before, you'd have gone for anything. People go with colds. Sure. Uh, and the slightest thing... <clears throat> So, you know, a lot of that is wasting NHS time, um, which doctors don't have. They have to work long hours now. So if they started introducing even small fees, you know, £50, £100, you know, $100, whatever, that would put off them idiots that go and waste time. But, you know, who's to say? Yeah, I know the uh, <clears throat> on the medical side, the uh, ERs here, at least in, in my town, um, they are laying off uh, nurses and such right now because we, you know, they, everybody got ready for this COVID wave, but the social yeah. distancing is working. And uh, so oddly enough, uh, they don't need the number of nurses and doctors in the ER. The ERs are, are running at like 20% right now. Capacity, uh, okay. they're, they're really low. Like nobody's going to the ERs right now. Yeah. So it's a great time to go, you know, Go mountain biking and take a you know an end over on yourself or something. Yeah, it's a perfect time to go do that because uh, you're, yeah. you're going to get perfect service right now. Yeah, uh, and of course they've been struggling for for I don't know probably years over here. Hmm. ERs have been they've had notices up on the doors. Uh, you might be a four hour minute 
minimum weight. Please only come in if it's important. Yeah. No, they right now their doors are wide open. And, uh, you know, I have some patients of mine that are like nurses and, um, and other, you know, ancillary people that are in the hospital. And they're saying, no, they're sending us home. Yeah, they were not needed. Wow. Yeah, that's really weird, isn't it? Because obviously, if anyone listening, Paul actually works in the medical profession as a, therap- um, a therapist, don't you? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, that's right. So, <coughs> has that has that changed in any way for you? Like, obviously, you can't do social distancing because you're working on people. But has any part of that process changed? Oh, the whole thing's changed. Yeah. <clears throat> so, right. uh, prior to coming to the office, um, there is a screener. Uh, outside that um, who is in oh. like it looks like a full hazmat suit essentially who's <laughs> taking temperatures yeah. and, and, and uh, patients coming in they have to fill out questionnaires if they've been you know there's a whole bunch of questions on them you know to screen if they've been in contact with COVID or you know travel this type of stuff and when they've uh, answered no to everything the temperature's taken and then um, there we used to have a we have a waiting room area the waiting room, all the chairs have been essentially removed. Um, there's uh, a couple chairs uh, in there right now, but they're all make sure there's more than six feet apart for each one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll also tell people to call in advance, you know, come in before, you know, so there's, there's all sorts of distancing going on. Uh, once they come in, they have to immediately wash their hands. They're given masks and gloves that they have to wear. So as soon as they come in the, the door and uh, we're wearing masks and gloves with people. So, and we cut down the number of people that are in the room at the same time. So uh, uh, given the amount of space that we have for the office, mm-hmm. uh, there's enough room to maintain uh, six feet between uh, uh, people like staff and um, patients. And uh, when we do have to go or do have to work on people directly, it's, uh, you know, uh, I know I'm okay. I know they're okay, but it's still um, mask and uh, gloves mm. for both. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> then it can have things like have them turn away. Um, but we always do standard precautions. We always make sure that everything, after everybody's touched everything there, it's immediately um, scrub down. We have, uh, God, I remember this, the name of the spray. We have some, uh, a spray, cavicide. Mm-hmm. Everything's we use cavicide and it's like sprayed off immediately. You know, if they touch a ball or something like that, or the table that they're on it, that's immediately, they, they get up and it's, it's power washed right afterwards. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so it has changed like that. We also, um, looked initially at the number of patients that needed uh, service, what kind of patients they were okay they're at this age it's probably not a good idea for this person to come in you know they're not super critical post-surgical or anything like that so we'll um not see that person until this is this is over they'll they'll be okay you know kind of stuff so um we did we did mitigate the schedules quite a bit um but uh but they're back up now. You know, we, I'm seeing um, uh, like a full caseload at this point. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's like who who is critical, who's not critical. You know, the person that comes in and says, hey, I just got a lot of low back pain. I'll go home and suffer. You know, <laughs> this is uh, 
So, you know, it's important to them, you know, Uh, just as it's important when there's a, you know, like a total shoulder replacement, you know, and they need, you know, rehab and movement patterning and all sorts of stuff afterwards, because if you don't do it, they're going to lose their shoulder. So, yeah, you know, so those people are important too. So, um, yeah, everything, everybody's got an important issue. So we basically right now are screening uh, people keeping the distances and trying to, uh, you know, manage the, uh, you know, the flow of people to, in and out. So that's how okay. it's been. So it is a difference. <laughs> Definitely, you know, um, a lot less. Yeah. You, we, we had to, I had to cut, cut down a few people just based on social distancing, you know. So some people may no. be, I may only see once a week instead of twice or something like that. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean that that that's good, and I suppose it has to change. Um, priority has to be everything. Yeah. Also, I know I know we're going to be in, introducing uh, telemedicine coming up as well. The doctors that I work with are already doing it. Yes, we're going to be getting that as well. Um, although I don't know what kind of implementation that they have in mind for that at this point. So, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll see. Um, Right now, I, I honestly can say I, I really don't have time for, you know, telemedicine because it, you know, I think every uh, even if I talk to somebody about their current programs and how to update their programs, I guess it's going to be a twenty-minute conversation, and and I don't have twenty minutes in the day to do it. So, um, hmm. we'll see how that actually bears out in the next uh, couple of weeks as that gets uh, implemented. But uh, <clears throat> in terms of other peers of mine, a lot of places have just just closed the doors. They just don't have people coming in at all. And they're trying to do yeah. a telemedicine um, solution, but it has different issues with it. Um, you, you know, you can only follow up with somebody like once a week with it. And uh, mm. the reimbursement uh, for a telemedicine visit is pretty low to the point that it probably doesn't. I don't think it makes financial sense to do it to be honest right. so it, it just it just doesn't you know they yeah. some people seem to think it's a good way to stay in touch and all of a sudden it's great but <clears throat> since there's no real good way of building for it it's you know that's actually yeah it's not just the front end as a um, looking at it like i'm, I'm providing as a service for somebody and then they they mm-hmm they put down $20 and they walk out the door. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, the collection was done. No, you have to bill insurance and that requires a back end. So now you've got, you know, me doing the work, then I document the work in a computer system that has to be paid for. And then that, uh, then somebody has to take that uh, computer generated bill has to go to a a billing department. Someone's got to be there and send the bill off to uh, whoever the insurance company is. The insurance company, you know, we'll either pay it immediately or not immediately, whenever they feel like it, or they'll just deny it outright. And then you have to resubmit again. And by the time you do this resubmit, submit, you know, you've got somebody who's an hourly employee to, um, to do that type of work. You're, you're generating so many hours to bill out something that didn't pay much in the first place. And that's why I say it's probably not a very good solution, you know. Mm. yeah so but uh that's that's the kind of way that 
medicine is going right now. I, I see more telemedicine in the future for people, for sure. I think it makes more sense. I think those systems are going to be uh, built out, especially for the on the um, like the primary care physicians type of stuff, where you you can call into a primary care physician and have a conversation like we're yeah. having right now. You can talk yes. to somebody, and you know, if you are uh, fortunate enough to have like an Apple Watch or in a thermometer around and that type of stuff. You know, you'll you'll know your uh, heart rate, you'll know your temperature, you know, you know your weight, you know, all these different yeah. things. You can describe the symptoms to the doc and you can put the camera up to, you know, and see uh, they can have a look at, at different areas if they need to. So I think there's there's a place for it to decrease waiting rooms for sure. You know, I think there is a place for telemedicine. That It's really, it's great, but they do have to bring the reimbursements up to make it worthwhile. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think this is going to be one of the changes that will come in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll hit several industries as well. There is sometimes not a need to see a physical person and go drive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with broadband getting better and better, then if speeds are capable, you could do live video. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you could keep that social distance thing uh, and it's much safer for everybody time efficient um for certain things anyway yeah i think in medicine um in in the future you know again it's like i'll go back to the apple watch as a example Mm. it um you know since uh, you're using them or i use them um you know it has you know your heart rate all this stuff these features are in there and it has a profile over time if you wear it regularly that it you you know where your uh your health stats are um you can do a lot of biometric stuff with it. Um, mm. You know, your, your, your weight and heart rates and it'll monitor low and high and, um, you know, irregular heartbeats, that type of stuff can be monitored through there. You can buy, you know, temperature stuff that Rodmac records, you know, well, not when you use it, it'll record uh, like your temperature and you you can stand on a scale and it will record your scale, your weight and that kind of stuff. <laughs> So it also carries like the emergency uh, pieces, like if you're allergic to penicillin and that type of thing, you know, or drug allergies and that kind of stuff, you can program yeah. your watch to do. So, I mean, all that stuff can is recorded nicely in a lap. And, you know, boy, I tell you what, it, it just makes sense if you're doing like a, a physical with your doc, you know, of some type or just doing a, a phone in that all those kind of things that the MAs would typically do or medical assistants would typically do, um, mm. you know, that can be done remotely, a blood pressure cuff. They have blood pressure cuffs that uh, uh, integrate with um, the phones now. You know, uh, I'm going to talk to iPhone because wow. that's, I know that they, you know, there's all sorts of uh, blood pressure cuffs that work with the, the health apps. So, you know, you basically get all your vitals like right off the bat without having to even step into an office, you know? Yeah, what a great way. So, yeah. <clears throat> I think there'll be loads of changes with health. Um, and hopefully there'll be uh, positives that'll come out of that because if we get more and more data on people, we'll see patterns and that, won't we? Hopefully help people. Yeah. 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 That's that's the whole part of data, mate, isn't it? Yeah. So that's an, yeah, that's an interesting part of uh, the, you know, what will come out of this for sure. Yeah. 
Oh, without a doubt. And uh, obviously, we, you know, we've talked about um, our children and education as well. We're both parents, both got mm. two children. Um, obviously, we've said over here in the UK, the shutdown probably until uh, August, September. You've said it's definitely uh, happening there. Um, but there was one big difference is what you're saying um, they're really looking after your kids with online training and supplying um, computers to them, which is amazing. Yeah, so um, uh, the school has uh, passed out Chromebooks to everybody that uh, requested them. They, they put a, a technology request form out, so if you request it, you got one. Okay. Um, so the school has also gone completely online. They have um, online classes. Uh, it's not all day, by the way, but there's they have like Zoom meetings and um, they have uh, Google Classroom. So the assignments are on uh, on Google. Um, they're expected to do the work. They have to submit their work. Either they take a photo of it and they send it back to the teacher kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, and for, for grading, um, online instructions going on. They have all sorts of apps that they're using um, that, you know, helps them with math and reading comprehension and, and this type of thing. So, you know, they're busy throughout the day. Now, for people, some people don't have broadband at the house and not everybody has access to um, money to, to purchase, um, you know, yeah. uh, printers and paper and that kind of stuff. And so the school has also offered all these materials and you can, as a packet pickup, so you can go to the school and pick up the packets in the mornings and uh, and get all uh, the same learning materials that they're doing on like Google Classroom, essentially. You can do it that way as well. Um, but uh, I think for the majority of kids that are in my daughter's school is that they're, um, they're all on the Chromebooks right now. It's amazing, mate. It's... Mm. It's so nice to hear um, education so important and that the schools are looking after him. Um, and I think it just <laughs> highlights that this country is so underfunded. Because um, I've said to you, um, there's no, there's, there's so few computers or iPads or devices that are in uh, my daughter's school um, that there's just nothing that they walked home with lots of sheets of paper to do. That's it. And mm -hmm. yeah, you know, they've left you to it as a parent in essence, but um, we do get the old email from the school and it, the, the general advice here is please don't worry, the kids will catch up, mm. which yeah. is okay. Um, like we've said, um, we're under the 10-year-old bracket, so it's not um, critical to their futures. It's really life skills at the minute and learning to write do simple math comprehension well i don't know i, I think it's really important uh I, I uh you know the the basics of uh it's not just even the basics that, that they're learning but um you know it's it starts from the ground up you know you need that good foundation yeah it does yeah. and um, <clears throat> there's also issues with uh children and socialization and, and and skills that way that uh mm. you know uh my daughters and, and my son is, i'm not an has not been able to uh you know interact with their friends for instance you know other than in the computer and you know from mm. time to time um but they're not going out bike riding and this kind of stuff that they used to do and they're not playing in the schoolyard and you know I think, yeah so there's 
socialization issues um, beyond just the, the educational issues. Because, you know, when you're yeah. with your friends and you're in school and you're, you're doing like little group projects and things together, there's that socialization yeah. and you're learning together. And uh, yeah. there's less distraction and this type of stuff. So I think there is uh, something to be said about um, ultimately, you know, uh, is it, I, I do think it's important, you know, there's, the, uh, and I'm really hmm. very happy that the school in the, under two weeks, under a week, actually, they were already, you know, saying, hey, this is going to be our last Friday. And by the Monday, they were already saying, okay, just hang on, but we're, we're moving towards e-learning right now and we're, we're getting packets together. Here's your packets for next week. You know, that they had stuff ready to go by the next week. Like those, amazing, those, those teachers and the, the school are fabulous, you know, for putting together um, a program in, in less than two weeks and they're still ironing things out. It isn't perfect. None of us expect hmm. it to be. Nobody's screaming at anybody. It's like, man, keep going. Cause thank you for doing this, you know, cause this is a, yeah. this is a big deal. And uh, yeah, they're, they're going to complete their school year. They're going to get through their curriculum. It's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Um, how big is that school compared? So, how many how many children are there? Um, that's a great question. I think there's only a few hundred. A few hundred. Three, so three, it's probably similar to my daughter's. Yeah. No, they're um, okay. But it's it's uh, through. That's just her. It's her local school. Our local school here. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, but there's several, you know, uh, elementary schools around and the uh, uh, middle schools and the high schools are, are doing the same thing. So yeah. they're, they're all on board. They're all um, making it happen. Yeah. You know, e even right down to like she's doing like violin lessons and uh, her clarinet and her um, gosh, what else does she does? Oh, she does cho uh, chorus, you know, so she's all those things are still active and going and she's participating in that stuff. That's brilliant, mate. Yeah. <clears throat> it's really nice to see. I mean, uh, as you know, I work in IT and um, we support a school who's literally jumped on board this e-learning di distance thing for their students within one week as well. Um, so we helped set everything up. Um, one of our guys went down, trained them, and, you know, we're busy um, trying to help them through it. And it's amazing what they've done in one week, all these classrooms and the separate groups with inside each year group and then the separate subjects. Mm -hmm. And there's coursework going up there and they have group chats and video sessions. It's So it, it can work, mate. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you the downside to all this is that everybody wants to do it now. So yeah. the amount of screen time that people are asking of us has starting to increase. So we not, you know, yeah. not only just the school, but um, just every ancillary uh, piece from, you know, like a religious school that wants to do it and to, like I said, uh, like a piano teacher wants to do it and all yeah. these uh, to my son's school wants to do it and you know and my son is different because he's uh most people don't know that he's disabled so he's a cerebral palsy and he he's um uh, really needs 100 percent care but mm. so they're uh his school that you know they want to do stuff on zoom so they have their own class times you know it's like well 
hold on a second, we only have like one device here, you know. Um, but not only that, it's like how much, you know, how much screen time are these, are we looking at here? You know, as parents, like we have to set all that stuff up and, you know, it gets a little bit crazy, the number of hours that um, are required to be in front of a screen or number of hours that people want us to be in front of a screen so they can get their agenda across. You know? Jesus. So this is the downside of it. There's like the, I think there's going to have to be a filter at some point about how much we <laughs> need to do, right? So that's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, but like you say, when we come out of this, they they might actually realise that they can do some of these things to help the school, and if it's cheaper, say having an online tutor to teach a certain lesson, um, because they could teach multiple schools at once, then that's only going to be a positive thing, isn't it? Interesting thing, anyway. I I sort of talking to people about that. Said, hey, I think this might change the education system forever. You know, everyone talks about being underfunded. Well, yeah. if there if people don't come into the physical building, but we could certainly have a better funding, right? And uh, yeah. Um, but again, it's going to be this cause socialization issues and all sorts of things with that too, because uh, you yeah. know, mommy and daddy are not at home all the time unless they want to, you know, pay us to be the teachers for those kids. And this little, you know, it's a different story. But um, yeah. the. Uh, um, I think the education system is going to embrace this at, at a certain level. And I can see in certain counties or certain districts or something where um, coming to school is, you know, just it runs the counties uh, out of money that they may opt for something like this. Mm. And, and something even more crazy, and I just thought about it off the top of my head, but how about neighborhoods that are like dangerous to go into? Yeah, exactly, you know? yeah. 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 Could, could could that be, or or are very much underserviced areas where there's big distances between places? Um, you know, can be, you know, like a farm community where there's, you know, you have to travel hmm. 40, 50 miles or whatever to a school <laughs> on a hmm. daily basis. Well, maybe we're going to eliminate that kind of need, and maybe only people come in like once or twice a week, maybe twice a week. Come in Monday and Friday. The rest of the time, you're going to do doing the work at home yeah you know that's another sort of uh, thing that i've floated uh before i think that that could be a possibility as well with the new emerging uh use of video technology hell on parents. yeah definitely yeah. Uh, and, and i think it's about time um we embraced it because the technology has been here for long enough um i think in some ways education as a uh process has been very very slow in rolling this out and understanding it um and it just shows like you said if one school can do it within a week i've said it you know school over here's done it what why why has there been a delay all these years why did it take this for it to happen well i think there's a lot of uh um there's always uh, issues of you know who's going to be able to afford to do it who are we going to get the, uh, you know, I think it's the first time we've had computers that have been relatively inexpensive. These Chromebooks are very inexpensive to use. They are, yeah. um, the, uh, you know, the, the broadband speeds, the uh, applications that are being used. I mean, it's just, it takes years to get that stuff up and running. Uh, there's still yeah. have issues with security, you know, and the uh, Zoom bombing <laughs> and all that kind of stuff that's gone on and, yeah. You know, so there, I mean, it's, 
I, it's definitely here and it's, it, and it's, I think it's an emerging market to be honest. That's what I think it is. Yeah. No, it's cool. Well, I think we've talked enough about, um, life in general here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. But I think, well, I think there's enough people out there that will appreciate, um, you know, we're in different times and photography is not everything at the minute, is it? Yeah. Oh, I can tell you some fun stuff uh, with photography. So um, I'm going to be working with uh, a friend of mine down in South Africa. And mm-hmm. um, uh, many, some people, well, most people don't know, but I was in Africa for about three, four weeks uh, uh, last year. And um, so the guy that led our journey through uh, several countries, um, he is going to be doing some more independent work and I'm going to be helping him with that. So I'm going to be heading back to Africa and uh, I'm not sure when because of all that was going on, but I'll be going back to Africa and uh, helping to set up uh, tours, you know, of these particular regions and taking people um, to see the different aspects of, uh, of these places. And, uh, you know, the, the places I was in was like Botswana and Namibia, South Africa, and Zimbabwe. Um, uh, I know that I think Mozambique is on, might be on there as well. But these places are photographically uh, spectacular, but yeah. um, also it's a very different experience um, than just a safari experience. I know people think about Africa and they think of uh, just go shoot some animals, you know, with, with the camera, yeah. not with a gun. Um, <laughs> and uh, which is cool, right? By the way, it's really it's amazing to see what animal life is really like out, outside of a zoo. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, so yeah, by all means, you know, come join us and see the uh, what the uh, safari experience looks like because it it is really cool. But also to see um, what the rest of what Africa looks like, which is you know pretty pretty amazing uh, in a, yeah. a different world uh, for sure. So. Um, Photographically, I'm, I'm helping to set that up during this. Well, I haven't been having really downtime, but <laughs> during this downtime, yeah. um, helping helping him uh, set that up, and I'll be helping him in, uh, in the future to to do these type of things. Um, wow! So I'd love to take people like myself who like enjoys like uh, eco travel or um, yeah. like travel documentaries type of work, and you know, and help them with their photography. Um, going forward with that that that's what they're into because that's what i'm into that's amazing yeah yeah last time i was there i was helping people with their cameras and you know i can help people set their the cameras you know try to get those images yeah yeah that's incredible yeah just go just shows what can happen doesn't it if you put yourself out there yeah yeah you know it was funny because my original plan was to go to bhutan and uh Mm. You know, my journey took me to Africa. <laughs> kind of missed it. <laughs> kind of missed the dot. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, I'm worse than Columbus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was great. No, to the the. Uh, I'm pretty excited to uh, to help this project out and we'll see how that bears out in the next little while. But uh, yeah. Wow, that's exciting stuff, yeah. mate. Yeah, it's really good to hear. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else photographically I can tell you about. 
Mm. I got the camera. Does that matter? Don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you been buying? Um, well, it's not really. It's it's a new used one, but I bought it like maybe a couple months ago. I bought a uh, the Leica CL. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have a TL two, which I have not sold yet. Or I'm not sure if I'm going to. Uh, but I have, that's the mm. camera they took to Africa in the first place, and that's uh, I think I shared with you some photos. Uh, on your um, yeah. on your blog, you know, and that's why I shot those yeah. photos with uh, amazing little camera. Um, and then uh, people are talking about the CL, and I played with one and went, mm, I don't know if I really need this, and I ended up buying one. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll pay for it over a period of time. <laughs> but, Sometimes, <laughs> but uh, fabulous, fabulous little device, and wow. Um, it and it's very it's very like alike, which is which I hope it is because it's we made it. But um, it's a camera that kind of really gets out of the way, right? It just you can really just aperture, um, speed, ISO, and you're done. I mean, it's just great. It's just yeah. really great. It's it's lack of you know all the super high tech is really what I I've loved the most about it. It's kind of crazy. Um, and also, mm. what else can I tell you? Oh, I. I resurrected again. I was looking through my drawers and stuff. And I thought, oh, I, I have this Fuji X100 sitting here. And it's, uh, I've had it, you know, I guess for a long time. And I tried battery. Mm-hmm. Of course, the battery was dead. So I ordered some new batteries from uh, Amazon. And I, I took that out for a spin the other day, too. That was that was a fun camera to use. Uh, yeah. That was a, a, a nice a nice little change. But I'm going to say this as a, like a little since camera kind of forum that, uh, that using the X100 comparing it to like the CL or the TL2 is far more complicated and people go, oh, it's okay. pretty, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of those things that gets in the way rather than helping you out. I mean, yeah, you can set it all to automatic and, and go for it. And you can, yeah. and you can, and, you know, quote easily enough set it to, um, you know, film speed and, um, or sorry, your yeah, your shutter speed and ISO and your your f stops and you can easily just go through and set it like that. But man, yeah. compared to like using a CL, it's like takes like an eternity, <laughs> you know. So okay. you just got to go through so many more um, steps. So yeah, it does slow you down quite a bit uh, compared to the other ones. But uh, anyway, I thought that because the those cameras are sort of similar in kind of idea. I thought I'd yeah. try to share that with you, but yeah, it was, it's, you know, okay, what does uh, a 2011 camera offer in 2020? And you know what? It's actually pretty damn good. I would, I would say, yeah. for people, you know, you go out and take some, some black and white with this thing and get some color. The, it, mm. the color looks great. The black and whites look great. I mean, you know, and this is like a, what, a 12 megapixel camera or something like that from 2011. I'm like, man, you can buy those things for like 200 bucks or less mm. so yeah anybody thinking about doing that by all means don't think like you're missing out on something because you're not it's great does my photography yeah, tips yeah. for the day <laughs> you know? yeah that's, <laughs> you know no it's interesting though like you say to pick up some old i mean i'm still using my nikon d200 it's a great camera <laughs> yeah absolutely great and i use it today i've started a new um little project for myself mm-hmm. and got my da- daughter out with me and um, I just look at photos and just think, God, says I love it. Yeah, you got into the beauty of digital now. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I call it practice shots for uh, analog. Ah, uh, I see. 
<laughs> have you ever shot with now the, this have you ever shot with the, one of those fuji um g uh x like uh, six six by nines uh the wide ones yeah, yeah the six by nine medium formats have you shot with no them? my my friends have got uh <laughs> two of my friends have got them and they love them and and they love them yeah um actually there's one in the group actually um uh someone put one in i think yesterday mm-hmm. so you'd have to look for that because uh, uh what i'm loving about the group is we've got a good balance of models digital photographers and analog photographers mm. uh, and it, it's really nice that everyone just gets on uh, i mean there's large format photographers there's a couple of us that do medium format and then there's you with your small camera I love the as we cameras. call them i love this oh my god they're, they're so crazy i love it make it yeah. portable and i'm having a great time well that's what it's about mate. and you know i put a challenge in there today on purpose for you know use your mobile if you want i, I don't care it was just to try and have a little bit of fun yeah and for those um, people that don't know about the group uh the the group is amazing uh it's one of the you know it's uh it's really it's really nice it's it's just uh it's not the combative uh, style that you see in a lot of <laughs> places and um and there's uh the no rules is is nice because now you can express yourself uh you know artistically and you know yeah. and present different things uh to the world where other groups are you know judgmental or yeah. punitive um you know that kind of stuff and it's it's just a whole different vibe to it yeah that's what it's all about man yeah. i just want to put something nice out there for people um Right, well, obviously, uh, I've took up enough time with you. Uh, it's still very early in the morning for you. Um, we Not do appreciate you coming now. on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, okay. You and your crazy hobbies, getting up early hours. Yeah, I'm trying to stay fit, you know. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's All cool. Right. Well, thank you for coming on and giving us your viewpoint. Um, obviously, we'll put links into your work so people could check you out. All right. And, um, I'll try to you know, re- keep in touch. I'll redo my website eventually. Uh, so it'll be a lot cleaner. <laughs> um, That's but, fair uh, comment. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's gonna be great to see you again. It awesome. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah. And stay safe, mate. And uh, I hope everyone's going to be okay, mate. Yeah. We've got cool. our fingers crossed for you guys over there. Thanks. Us too. Yeah. You take care. All right. All right. Cheers. <laughs>